Hey guys, it's Ari Hart. And Dorian Black. So we're here guys for another What the Hell Happened. And we have a few like juicy topics to unpack. So the first one um, that we're going to talk about is what everybody's been talking about, which is When They See Us, which is a Ava DuVernay film um, in which she talks about the Central Park Five boys who were wrongly accused of raping a white woman in Central Park um, on April 19th. 1989 so I just watched the series over the weekend and I watched it twice um first by myself and then with my mom um and it was very sad um it really made me feel some type of way especially when it came to Corey's story mm-hmm. I just thought out of all the boys like wow he really got the worst of the situation especially because he wasn't even supposed to be in it None of them were. Yeah. Well, but I'm saying, like, yeah. Corey just went with his friend as support and ended up getting pulled in to be interrogated. Like, of mm-hmm. course, none of them should have been in it. But his story in particular, because, like, I'm just going with my friend to be supportive. And then I end up getting brought in for something I wasn't even on the list mm-hmm. to begin with. Um, so. I seen this thing on Twitter, and it was like, you said should have never left without Corey being there. Like, it was, like, a big thing. Like, what did you think about that? I mean, but you saw what role Yusuf's mother played in it. Like, I don't Mm. think he was abandoning his friend. I think he was scared. At Mm -hmm. this point, he's tired. He hasn't eaten. And his mom came to the police station, upset herself, and said, we're going home. I don't even think his mom necessarily was thinking. um, I don't even think his mom was necessarily thinking about Corey, to be honest. I don't think that was something Yusuf was doing to, like, abandon his friend. What did you think about his mother? I think... I don't know, because... I see where she was coming from as a protective, you know, place. As a mom, like, your child is in this situation. Mm -hmm. But just how she treated poor Corey, like, how she really just... She wasn't... She was more so like, listen, I'm done with this. Like, I gotta worry about my child. And I get it. But I kind of felt bad for Corey, especially when his mom reached out, like, please, if we can work something out where you can write Corey. Because, like, like we all saw, like, Corey was there being a supportive friend. And, like, he was... He suffered. Like, Mm -hmm. he didn't have any type of communication. No one was really visiting him like that. You know, he transferred, you know, to multiple places so he could be closer to his mom. And it was just so difficult. And all he wanted was, you know, someone to reach out to him. And I, I just felt so bad when I saw that part. And I, I, I get where she was coming from as a mom, but when we saw the perspective that Corey was going through, it was just like, oh, it was so heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really easy from people on the outside looking in to say like mm-hmm. how a person in this, all the people in the circumstances were acting as right. far as like the parents and their reactions. But I think, you know, when you're scared and your child might be going to jail, mm-hmm. it is very hard to have someone else's child and consider like in consideration especially you know even though Corey is in this circumstance because he was being a good friend to Mm -hmm. your son I don't know I think it's really hard to say because you know if your kid is about to go to jail and you're in a sticky situation like that you don't know what you would do right you don't know whose kid you would be there for like you know at this point this is all she has uh use of so we don't really know what her train of thought her mindset and also, let's not forget, like, you know, these are young boys, like, between the ages of 14 to 16 being accused of raping a white woman in a park. And they know for a fact they didn't do this. So, um, and it's not looking good for your child because, like, literally, I I was reading, like, over 40-something articles was written about them right when this happened, saying mm-hmm. that they were guilty. 
So yeah. it's already out there that they're they're in the wrong. And you gotta look at Donald Trump and you know how he played a part in it, putting out a, a hundred thousand dollar ad in the paper to have them get the death penalty. Like these are children, yeah. and they didn't. With I think what aggravated me the most is instead of you know the the D A Linda Ferriston, I think. I'm not sure what her last name is. But yeah, I think it's Fairstein. Um, you know, her whole agenda was, we got to get the these guys in jail for they hurt someone else. But she knew that these boys didn't do it. And, you know, instead of taking the time out to find the person who actually did it, and it was possible that this person, since they're still out there, can hurt someone else, you decided to stick to your narrative because you were afraid of what the press was going to say because you, yeah. you caused this big commotion. And I think at the end of the day, it was just about finding the per- people. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. I think they just want to be able to, like, oh, yeah, we solved the case, we found them, but you didn't really solve it. Right. And then, you know, you still ride with them, well, they confess. Like, that's a, just a part of people being delusional. Like, you really, in your true heart, have convinced yourself on some, like, pathological liar type shit that this is a true story. And there's nothing anybody could say that's, that would probably ever make her feel like it's not true. Like, right. she has convinced herself to the point of it being true. Well, I think when during the whole time I was watching it, I just like I just felt my blood boiling because yeah. I'm just like, it was a like, well the fact that the the judge even like, allowed like, it. First of all, if there's no physical evidence, I would have been like, ma'am, okay, you have these confessions, but people confess all the time, and I've even seen in certain circumstances where people confess and they still can't proceed with it because they're like, we still don't have no evidence. Like you could be lying about, you could be covering up for somebody. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't it the same frame of thought for this? Like, okay, get it. They're confessing on tape, but, but nothing is adding up. Nothing's adding the time. The how does this woman bleed like a quarter of her body or whatever it was a lot, and not a drop got on anybody that raped her. And then it didn't make sense because at first it was like, oh, it was one person who did it. Then all of a sudden it was five people who did it. And I like my, when I say my blood was boiling, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. I had to take a break from watching it. Like, it took me some time to watch it because it was just like it was horrible to see that people actually did this to other people. And that the fact that they didn't care that they were getting ready to destroy five lives. Yeah. And it's sad because, like, even with Corey's story, you just see how corrupt it is from the beginning all the way to the end. And I think, like, when I was watching it, it just made me think of the Khalif Browder story because it was like, wow, here these stories are, you know, almost 20 years apart, but they were so similar. And it's just like... Khalif's story mm -hmm. is sad. Um, But I think it's even worse because, like, that boy, he was in jail a lot shorter of time and his mental was just done from being in Rikers Island. Mm -hmm. And I really, I don't know how Corey made it through. I don't know if I would have been able to. And they said it was only 70% of what actually happened to him. So you just got to think, like, this is only 70%. This isn't even a whole thing that he's witnessed, that he's been through. And, like, to go through that as a child. And, you know, one thing I can say about Corey Wise, even to this day, he's so humble. You oh, know, yeah, for he's sure. like, he's, I don't know if he's angry, but even in his composure, he's just like so, like, at peace in a sense because he knows, like, I'm here. I, I made it through, and you know, we're getting our story out. And I, I saw it. I don't interview. even think he's at peace. I think he's very still much disturbed because even when I was watching him in interviews, he's always the most quiet out of all of them. Like he never says much. And like even when you just see him like processing like 
things that they're talking about when they're reflecting back on what has happened and like him having to say his piece he's just just so distraught and like I remember he did like this head motion and he was just like trying to like get himself together and like while they all were definitely traumatized I just think you can see it on Corey because even like I was reading the YouTube comments Mm -hmm. on the particular video I was like you could just see like how detached he is is like he's just well that was a hard experience for him when I say more so at peace like he does have some type of learning disability as well as he can't hear. So mm-hmm. it's hard for him to be as vocal as the other, you know, other people. But, you know, he said in one of his interview, he's just glad that it's out, you know, that, you know, what's done is done. But we need to get, you know, try to move past it and get our story out there. And I think he even started a program yeah, he did. for, um, you know, people you know, in a similar situation. So, you know, yes, he's still traumatized and he goes through the things he goes through, but the way he's handling it is like, you know, I can use my hurt and help others. I can get my story out. So he's like, he's dealing with it really well, you know, for everything that he's been through. Because like, like Colleen Browder, like he, he wasn't able to handle the pressure, you know, he lost his life. He took his own life. So, you know, for Corey... He tried to take his life before he even got out of jail. Right. So So for Corey to, you know, be in the place that he's at where he's still able to be out in open places. Because I remember, you know, with the Khalif Browder story, when he was going through the press and everything, Mm -hmm. it was too much for him to handle. And it actually stressed him out even more. So, you know, Corey, he's come such a long way. And I think it's just so it's it's nice to see that, you know he's able to handle it so well after everything because like even when I think if I was in that situation I would be like I don't know how I would be I think I would be angry all the time like anybody who brings it up I would be I would just snap like because you don't want to remember stuff like that and you know all of them are up there you know displaying their traumas so yeah but even like one of them said I think it was Yusuf that said like what we were in paradise compared to what Corey went through, mm-hmm. which is very true. Like yeah. he was 16 sent to an adult prison and my, one of my, my uncle, he's actually been in and out of prison. I think like about, my mom said about 35% of his, of his years that he's been on this 35 years of his life mm-hmm. that he's been on this earth. He's been in prison. My uncle, like mm-hmm. he just recently got out of jail like a couple months ago from a jail in Detroit. And he said out of all the jails that he's been to, he went to a jail in New, not New York. Um, California that was like he was fighting people every single day mm. he said like at literally every day he was fighting someone and my uncle could fight and he's been in jail his whole life so I can only imagine somebody like Corey who's 16 and never been mm-hmm. in that because even like the very first scene of him being in jail when those guys got into a fight in the cafeteria he was so fucking scared mm-hmm. when he like threw himself on the wall like he was so petrified and I could just only imagine and not saying that the other four boys didn't have a hard time in juvie, but they were able to get degrees. They mm-hmm. were definitely in a much safer environment with people on their age level and brain level versus Corey, who's in jail with real criminals mm-hmm. who really murder and really kill people. So, but, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I can't help but to think about them. I think it's so sad. You know, it's just really unfortunate. It's so sad. But um, even Ava DuVernay, she was saying how she did speak to the other woman who had a role in them being put in jail. Mm-hmm. Lind, uh, um, I know, yeah. Yeah, the other one with the curly mm-hmm. hair. And she said when she was talking to her, she the lady definitely, like, pretty much said, like, she was doubtful at the time that the boys even did it. Mm-hmm. So, Ava, that's why she did put it in the movie where you see that scene between her and the other woman. And she's like, but... These boys, like, it's not making sense. She definitely did doubt it, but she still 
went ahead on with it as well. So she's just as guilty mm-hmm. as the um Pharisee. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like with any job you go to, there's always a code of ethics, you know. Oh yeah. And I feel like, you know, with her having that doubt, you knew this will be a flaw in the case, but you pursued it anyway. And I think she needs to her and the other lady, they need to be held accountable for what they have done. But they're not going to because these are black people that they did it to and a Hispanic. And these are white women. Mm -hmm. They're not going to be held accountable. They're not going to take responsibility. I think. And that's why I think it was so much easier if it was five white boys that was in Central Park. It would have been a lot easier to be like, oh, yes, no, no physical evidence. Let's just. But it was a lot easier just to put on five black kids, animals who are wilding Mm. in the park. I think now in the time that we were in. I think it could be done. Like I don't think so. I, I mean, you think, literally have people getting murdered by police officers on camera. You I'm talking about for the women in this particular uh, situation because you know we still go through you know what we go through every day. Like mm-hmm. it still happens every day. But I think those women can definitely be held accountable. You know, if it's just taking their books off of out of stores, but that's not being girls, held accountable. Like you but literally losing now they're losing revenue, which is just hurting their pockets. Mm-hmm. If it's and I seen another thing on Twitter where it's like you can call and have like you it was a way where you can have them like either reported or taken down from uh whatever position they were in. And I think that actually happened to the lady Linda. And I think, you know, we have the power, like social media is one of the biggest influence now, especially in our time. So we can use it, like to get these to make sure these women are held accountable because like I mean, no matter what we can do or what we can't do, it's never going to give those boys what they deserve or what they lost. So it's just like, at least, you know, people are out here caring. They're talking about it. You know, it's people see it now for what it really is. So even just with the movie, it's just like, you know, something is getting done and we can always do more if we we just put our minds to it. So I mean, that's true, but they're not going to be held really accountable. Like them losing revenue from a book sale is not being held accountable for putting people in jail for years. Like these people lost like a huge mm-hmm. ass chunk of their life. Right. Like, and they lost a part of their life where you learn mm-hmm. certain things. And like the one guy was saying, like, where you go on dates and your dad teach you how to drive. And like, you literally ruin not only their lives, but their family's lives. And you losing some book sales is not being held accountable because yeah, her publisher dropped her great. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah, she's no longer on the board of things. But that wasn't because the board dropped her. She resigned mm-hmm. from those boards. So the, she's not being held accountable. And mind you, this case was... Um, this th- this was taken off their record in 2002. Mm-hmm. So if anybody was going to be held accountable, it should have been done by now. It's 2019. Right. So that's my whole point with that. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, people can get her job from a publisher. But in my opinion, that's not nobody being held accountable. Being held accountable is that woman now serving some time. Both of them because you wrongly put somebody in jail. And mm-hmm. you coerced young boys. You literally interrogated them with no supervision. Mm-hmm. The only person that was of legal age technically was Corey. And even then, the way you guys beat him up in the interrogation room, that's not what you're supposed to do to get information out of somebody. I think my whole thing is, like I said, there's nothing you can do to ever replace what those boys lost. Like, nothing. (laughs) Even the settlement they got, like, that can never replace what was taken from them. But, like I said, even with Ava doing this movie... It's, it's being talked about. We're talking mm-hmm. about it. Even with, you know, you see how people are supportive of them now. You see how people are, are, are frustrated and angry and want to do something now. So, 
yeah, we may not be able to give, you know, justice the way justice needs to be served, but at least we're doing, at least we can try to do something or take part to get this lady out of here. Like, if it is just taking her books off the shelf and, you know, decreasing her revenue, if it is her publicist dropping her, like, she's feel, she has to feel some type of wrath. Like, if, if we come together and we say, you know what, this isn't right. We need to do something about it. We can at least do something. Like, like regardless of what we do, as long as we did something, you know, like I said, anything we, we can't replace what those boys were, like, was, was taken from them or was stolen from them. But, you know, as long as something can be done. Like, this movie itself, is, like I said, is, is something. Because, you, like you said, that the criminal, that real criminal confessed in 2002, but yet... People still didn't get to hear their story. You feel me? Like, now, here they are, years later, now we have the, the movie, and it's like, wow, people are aware, they understand, and people want to do something, want to try. So, that's that's my kind of point of view, where I kind of think... I guess I just feel like people mm-hmm. were aware, because there was a whole documentary about this in 2012 before Ava even made a movie right. about it. So, I just feel like, of course, there's nothing that you could do to replace it, but... Mm-hmm. Like, this woman's not even feeling a part of, like, you know, what she should be feeling right. towards this circumstance. And I think it would be kind of naive for us to think, oh, we can definitely get justice because look at it, it's 2019, mm-hmm. and there's hella shit happening to black people every day and mm-hmm. people of color and is no types of fucking... Ju- even, mm-hmm. like, the Kylie Browder story, that was super hella recent. That was, like, mm-hmm. 2015. Right. Nobody was punished for having this boy sitting in jail for three years mm-hmm. off of some backpack bullshit mm-hmm. that he never did. Mm-hmm. So, I just feel like if we just look at shit like that, I have yet, the most justice I've seen is, okay, you gave somebody $41 million, like, because in your eyes, pay the person, go on, go ahead. Mm-hmm. That's the most justice a black person is going to see is being paid off for them being wrong. That's mm-hmm. it. It's never going to be putting nobody white in jail for doing something they had no business doing to someone. Mm-hmm. But see, I think even with us just talking about it and even with us still bringing the issue to surface, like like you said, the documentary came out, you know, people didn't talk about it as much. Now we have this and people are are getting riled up and people are more aware. So I think, you know, you just got to keep pressing the issue. That's just like with anything else we go through. That's like the Khalif Browder. We still have to push the issue. We still have to say his name. Sandra Bland, we still have to say their name. We still have to push the yeah, issue. We still have to vote. We still have to participate. We still have to make sure that we all, especially black people, we all have to do our part to make sure something is done because you see what happens when nobody looks out for us. Yeah, like even in a movie when the guy Raymond, when the supporters, when he got out of jail, they still were like encouraging him, like, go ahead, talk to that girl, you know, still live your life. Like, even if it's that that speck of hope, like when you look at the guard who was nice to Corey, it's like as long as someone's there on your team, like a little goes a long way is what like my method is on it. Like as long as we try something, you know, you know, it might not know change everything or make a big difference but it goes a lot so it goes a long way so yeah that was a definitely a good movie and i, I recommend it to everyone with yeah, series good. i should say yeah and there's like a lot of like you can find like the original interrogation tapes or the confession tapes like on youtube mm-hmm. and also check out like the documentary that was made in 2012 too mm-hmm. that was like the first real story about it um a girl who was, I guess, in college at the time, she made the, she reached out and put everything together to talk about it. So 
it's definitely something worth checking out. Yeah. Um, but you know, Corey, I definitely feel for I feel for all of them, but his story I de- I think just really because I think because he was such a genuine nice person, it seemed mm-hmm. that he definitely didn't deserve that. Yeah. So um, I guess we'll try to like slide into another quick topic before yeah. we wrap up this segment. Mm-hmm. So um, did you have anything else you wanted to? Not more so to, um, topics. Uh, it's been kind of boring. I've just been like chilling, enjoying this wonderful Pride Month. Um, as you know, Philly had their Pride Parade, so I shot down there for a little bit. Um, hung out with a, a nice friend, and that was it for my weekend. Um, I see my girl Wendy Williams living her best life. She was recently hanging out with Tokyo Tony, Black China, the Kardashians. So I'm glad to see she's in a positive light since the whole spew with her ex-husband and everything. So I don't know how positive because me and my mom were just watching E and mm-hmm. she was in the car crying with this mystery man whose mind you looks mm-hmm. like he's 24 like me. Yeah. So I'm like, Wendy, that's not it, boo dating no nigga that's 24 like I, I think like my mom was saying she was like oh I think that Wendy is really hurting more than she wants to yeah. let on and I don't know just like proceed with caution Wendy because especially if you dabbling with some of these younger folks they not b- being genuine so I don't think she's taking them serious I think I hope not she even said um in one of the interviews she was like you know it's a friend like I'm just I'm enjoying my time I've been married with this trifling ass man for sorry for all these years, mm-hmm. so it's just like I'm I'm enjoying my time. Yes, I still hurt, but you know, and she even asked them not to talk about Kevin, you know, bringing him up or the situation because they do have a child and it is a sensitive place for her. But she she said it's a friend. Yeah, we all have our little friends after well, a breakup. Well, I hope so for her sanity. You know, just definitely give yourself the time that you need to. Mm-hmm really heal from the circumstance because it was a big circumstance you were with this person for a long time but you know i hope she is doing really happy and i hope she makes it through emotionally and i think with her whole thing like this isn't the first time something like this has come out so you know once you go through it like more than once or twice like when you're really done i'm not saying it makes it a little bit easier but when you're done it's just like you know what i'm transitioning now so like i still hurt but I'm looking forward, and I think that's what she's doing. She's hopefully she's 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 really done at this point. So yeah, kudos to her. Yeah, we'll see. Like I just said, I hope Wendy makes some smart choices. Don't want to see her get caught up in nothing mm. crazy because she was looking a little wild on the video I saw on E. So she just so looks rough. <laughs> so that's just my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. So um, for my what the hell happened? I got pink eyes, so I was in the house all weekend, and I'm still. My eye is still messed up because you can see it's smaller than this one. Um, and I couldn't go to, I can't go to work this whole week and it's the last week of school. So I'm kind of irritated a little bit because it's like I can't really say bye to the kids like I want to. And they have like little things going on that I can't really go to. Like I, I mean, I go, I went down to the school today so I can finish grading their tests because I got to pick grades in and stuff. But I can't really be at the school because I don't want to give anybody the pink eye, even though my eye is clear now, I is obviously still infected because it's like puffy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm a little disappointed about that. But we have a staff happy hour at the end of the week. I will be going to that small eye or not. I will be attending that with my glasses on because I'm not gonna let this hold me back. But I was just irritated by my eye because it's like I went to several people and they just seemed not to know. And I was talking to my mom about it because the first two people that I saw, one was like from Vision Works and the other person worked at a one-minute clinic and they were both black and I felt very kind of like not sure in their skills. Unfortunately, I felt that way. 
And I've I've felt that way about this black certain black professionals. I always kind of feel like I don't know if my life or circumstances in the right hands dealing with black people. Mm. And I hate that I feel that way because like I want to see black people in those positions. I want to support that, but I just felt like they weren't thorough because then when I went to the eye hospital and sadly a white man looked at my eye, I felt a lot more confident in what he was diagnosing me because the two women they just sound confused. Like, the first woman, she didn't even look in both of my eyes. Normally, you're supposed to look in both of the eyes to see, like, what's the difference. And this one is infected. This one's not. And then the second lady, she just looked at me. I'm like, oh, I think it's this. And she's like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. What do you mean I'm probably right? I don't, I'm not no damn eye doctor. I'm just telling you what I'm thinking off of me Googling shit. You're supposed to confirm my my beliefs about whatever illness I got. And, like, and then when I went to the eye doc- hospital, they were a lot more thorough and I felt a lot more confident in the diagnosis of viral pink eye. So I just hated that I felt that way, but that's not the first time I felt that way dealing with black folks, unfortunately, because my mom says she's ha- she's felt that way too. It's just like, it's like black people sometimes don't fully do things to like their best of their abilities or thoroughly, mm-hmm. or they kind of like, just like, oh, yeah, especially if they don't with another black person, they don't, I feel, don't put as much effort into, like, being thorough as they could. Mm. So, yeah. So, that was just my weekend. I was irritated because I was in this house all weekend, you know. And it's so funny because so many people was like, oh, what are we doing this weekend? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> do you want this pink eye? Because <laughs> I don't think you do. It's not a fun thing. I don't wish you don't know about it. I think pink eye is, like, worse than having a yeast infection, to be honest. Mm. Like, cause your face is ugly, your eye is little, it's tearing up, it's sticking together when you go to sleep. No, I think a yeast infection is definitely worse. Cause you gotta think it's itching and it's like you can't even when you're out in public you can't scratch how you want to scratch. You ever scratch down there? No, this is like you a got... private irritation. This is all it's on like, your face. Like, everybody like, Miss, what's wrong? Like one of my students said I look like Uncle Ruckus. Like mm-hmm. yeah, with the little eye, big eye. See, like at least with a yeast infection, ain't nobody else know that I got it. Mm-mm. A I had both, and in my opinion, that's that's the one I feel. I, I had both too, and a yeast and infection. I, it feel like somebody's lighting a match towards your vagina. It's like, really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, mine's was not that. Maybe mine's, mine's wasn't bad. like a severe one. It was like a little irritation because I got that shit treated as soon as I got back. So mm. I got it on like when I was on vacation. I, as soon as I got back, I said cream pill antibiotic. Mm-mm, it's infection. I'll be, I don't yeah. wish that now. That's something I don't yeah. wish on I don't my get them very enemy. often. I only got one in my whole life, so I don't get them uh, too often. I think when I was transitioning, I think on birth control, I got them. I'm about to say transitioning for what? <laughs> I was like, hey, sis, what you want to tell us? What you transitioning? No, I'm transitioning. <laughs> I was like, wait, Taylor. Um, I'm finding some new information on my co-host, y'all. She transitioning for all like transition. <laughs> Oh, and then you took that long ass pause that you said when I was transitioning. <laughs> I'm like, y'all. No, now you gonna think. Anyway, it's the best transition I've seen. So if that's the case. No, um, when I was transitioning on birth control, I, okay. I got them a lot. So and oh my gosh, mm. and when they itch, yeah, I you feel can't like, itch them in public. I'm like, oh my god, I just want to scratch it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> My shit itch, or you just run to the. I don't know. I'm scratching it. I ain't gonna be. Yo. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I think I was talking to one of my friends, and this person I was talking to, like, they stole the medicine, like, from the store. She's like, I'm not paying for this shit. Like, even though it is a little pricey, I wouldn't still. I feel like it's that a necessity. But it's not fair because, it's like, not. men, that's a whole expense men don't even have to pay. Like, as they far don't. as yeast infections and periods, like, 
that's not fair that we have a whole expense that men don't have to pay for. Yeah, but it like, is like you said, it is you need it and you can't get around it. So right. I wouldn't steal it. Cause I do think like, that type of stuff should be free. I think so too. Like pads at least, like yeah. tampons and pads at least. Maybe not monastad and all that, but at least sanitary product should be free. Should at least take the taxes off. Like I remember they were fighting for a bill to be passed so they can take the taxes oh, off. Oh yeah, that of, would be good at least. Like cuz why am I being charged because I'm going through a naturally bodily yeah, or start thing. making our own damn tampons, but nobody got time for that. So. I'll be scared like it'll leak through or something. Yeah, I, I, I tried these little organic ones. Some bitches I keep changing them bitches every 10 minutes like, Really? Like, well, not every 10 minutes, but it was just more frequent than I like to change my tampons. So I was like, at least I found a, until I found like a better organic um, brand that's like a little thicker that can mm-hmm. hold heavier flows, I'll be using Tampax, I guess, because I need the super. So, not to get too personal. But yeah, I'm just saying like, the organic is nice because you want to be putting more healthy things in your body, but... If it don't, if you gotta keep changing it every five minutes, that's annoying. Yes, I remember especially if you at work. When I switched to organic tampons, it felt like a break. Like it was weird. Really? Yeah, this is a lot like, of different brands. It was like, are like the normal ones that I use. Like I can tell when they when they need to be changed, but this one felt like a break. Like so, I you can't really tell. I know. I felt it. I felt like. Oh my gosh, it's about to slide out of my vagina. Like, it was like a, it was heavy. Mm. It kind of was uncomfortable, like the way it was designed. So, yeah, like the positioning. Yeah, I'm like, I know what you're talking about. But it's a couple brands. Like, the one I was using was L. So, I might have to change it. Unless they have like a super L, then I won't be using that one because I just can't with the running to the bathroom every hour. Yes. Like, normally the super Tampax one, those last me like a good two hours before I have to go like change it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think people don't take that in consideration. Like, when you're working and stuff, and you gotta go to the bathroom every like 20, 30 minutes. It's like, don't clock me. Like, yeah, just, I'm going just imagine something. being a teacher. I can't even just leave. I gotta. That's why when I teach, I always make sure I change it like right before Ooh. first period, so I can. I'd be scared to be a teacher. Like, can you imagine having a bad day and it leaks through and your kids be like, Miss Hart? I'm like, you got one too, boo. And I don't give a fuck. I'm going, I'm now going home early. Early dismissal and I'm getting McDonald's. How about that? Oh, uh, let me ask you this. Have what? you ever had sex on your period? I think it's, I haven't. I just think that ain't, I just feel like to each they own. Like mm-hmm. if you have sex on your period, I'm not going to judge you on it. But I do personally feel like it's your one time out of the month. For your body to do with shit, mm-hmm. you cannot fuck for like how seven or four to seven days, however long your period is. I just personally feel that way. Like it's never that deep. Yeah. Like it's messy. It's your body's time of the month to just, you know, go through that period of the egg and all that and the lining shedding. Why? Why can't you just hold out for four to seven days? That's not yeah. no time to not have sex. Yeah. I, I bring that up because like I thought about it really like really hard and really long because i was in a situation where i'm like damn this just i might be able to do this but when i thought about it i'm like i don't want to do this like this like like you said it's messy yeah it's like it's uncomfortable now i'm going to be thinking like oh my gosh like is it all over the place so i think that's just like my thing now i don't know when i'm married or if i want to do something like that but as for right now i, I just do think like that it's a few days out the damn month that you can't fuck relax like that's how i just feel about people now if it just happens or if it's light 
but I just feel like you can wait. It's never like yeah, like maybe the tail end of it, but like mm-hmm. when it's like full on gushing, I just think that's and you can get pregnant on your period too. So don't think that you having sex on your period you can't get pregnant. Cause I mm-hmm. my one friend, my old coworker, he said his friend got pregnant after she had sex on her period, thinking that oh we're not gonna get pregnant. Well look at you now with a whole baby. Stupid. Sex so I'm, that's just my opinion. But if that's what you're doing, boo, do you? I just won't be doing that. So if I'm ever dating somebody yeah. married, you won't be getting no pussy while I'm on my period. That's just not happening. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I just the idea. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, like, eh. it's your time of the month. Just that's supposed to be just your womanly time of the month. Yeah. You don't need to be getting inserted. So. Yep, guys, so we're going to wind down this, this what the hell went over a little bit. We had to really go in depth on some topics and really talk about some stuff, so that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, and I hope you guys had a great Pride weekend in Philly. I hope, and it looked lit from what I saw. Like, everybody was out there having a good time representing. Y'all didn't let any judgmental people stop y'all from having a good time. Mm-hmm. And so, they were there being annoying. They're there every year at Outfest Pride, all of it. But y'all don't let it stop you because guess what? You still going to be there. You still that bitch. You still that bitch, right? So, and they took the time out of their day to come to your function, knowing that it wasn't going to change shit. Right. So, with that being said, guys, make sure you follow me and Dorian at Dorian Black and Heartcatcher, and us on EGAT Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And tell us what you want to talk about. Chime in. We had a lot of good people chiming in on our last episode talk yes. about the kids. So, if you haven't already, we should have talked about. Make that. sure, yeah. Make sure you do. See you next time.